Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode is brought to you by the great people at Gamesurplus.com, where you can find the current hits, the classics, and the hard-to-find titles. Let Carmen and Elaine find your games and receive free shipping for all contiguous U.S. shipping orders over $120. Remember, Gamesurplus.com, great people, great selection, and great prices. And in Canada, amazing stories in Saskatoon. If you're in the Saskatoon area, come by the store for Friday night board games, play and receive 20% off the purchase of any board games in the store. Amazing Stories Comics is the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Retailer in Canada and nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. And I'm Ryan. And on this episode, I'm going to talk about Bonanza. And Ryan? Seven Wonders Duel. What is a Cardboard Cohort? Well, Cardboard Cohorts are board gamers banded together who support and inspire one another and become colleagues and friends in the board gaming community. And with that being said, we would like to support the good, the bored, and the ugly. They have a podcast on iTunes, and they record weekly live stream YouTube content. So please check them out. Welcome back to Cardboard Conjecture. It is, uh, it is. I don't know. It's I I love doing the review stuff. The topic stuff is cool. Did you have an opportunity yet to listen to uh, Luke, Andy, and Tony um, talk about 18xx? Oh, I have not. It's at the top of my podcast uh, uh, <laughs> li- list. List. Listen to. Listen to list. I know. I've got it. I got to I got to check that out because I've got a feeling that's going to be. You just keep telling me that it was just an amazing experience and conversation. So I I've got to get on that. I just got I got to do my job. It was so engaging that uh, I agreed immediately. Agreed when uh, Luke offered the opportunity to play Age of Steam. So that uh, I'm gonna come back to that when we talk about our recently played stuff. But oh yeah, I was I'm I'm scared now. I'm <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the Kool Aid tastes good. <laughs> well, well, you started already. You've already been dipping your toes a little bit. Like you, you're you're kind of like. You know, Railways of the World has been like your jam for like a, quite a bit now. So now you're just going to take that that next that next big old big step forward, and we'll be dropping a NOS kit into that engine. Hey, <laughs> all right. So um, yeah, I, you know what? How about uh, how about you get uh, you get us going with uh, what's been uh, recently played? Uh, recently played, um, they got. My wife and I, my wife Jen and I, um, with with another couple, uh, Ian, uh, who was on the podcast previously, and uh, and his wife, we've been playing a game called uh, The Rise of Queensdale, which is a, a Ravensburger production. It's kind of like a, it's a put on by the the, the brands, Marcus and Inca brand, who have developed and, and uh, created some very fantastic, some of my favorite games. Um, I believe for you, um, Murano. Yeah, you love yep. you love Murano. 
Well, and they're um, still on that whole Exit series too, aren't they? Yeah, they are the designers of the Exit series. Uh, one of my favorite games, Village. Oh, yeah. One of, one of my favorite games. Um, so Rise of Queensdale, um, we picked this up to make have mainly make it as like a, as a couple's games night type thing because it's a it is a it's advertised as a legacy game um it de- definitely does have legacy components um to the gameplay where you're you're going to be writing stuff down you're going to be uh uh putting stickers on various things so you are changing the aspects i would kind of more call it like maybe it's an evolutionary game as yep. in they kind of give you like some bait like your very first few games are going to be very basic very introductory and then slowly it's been adding some more gameplay elements to the game mm-hmm. which is very very cool um at its core it's a it's a dice um dice worker placement i guess i would say you got me at dice you roll your dice and your <laughs> dice are going to show various symbols there they're going to have resources or actions on them um, and then you just use your dice to go to um, if it has if it says stone, then I can put my dice on the stone pit and I get a stone resource. If my dice has an A on it that stands for action, I can go over to the action board and I can take an action. And all, all, all in the goal, the goal for the game is you have to be the first person to score 70 points. Okay. Which at, at its very core. It's very seems very unrealistic at the very beginning because <laughs> game number one, game number one, everybody has their goal. Like you, what you have to do is what happens is a, a game ends when somebody, when at least one person meets their goal. And so after game number one, the goal, the goal is for somebody to reach 10 points. Okay. And then, and so then let's just say, uh, well, this, this happened I, Ian managed to get to 10 points. The, the first and the very first game. So then in the next game, now Jen, Kim, who is Ian's wife, and, and myself, we still have to get to 10 points, but now Ian's goal is to get to 16 points. Cool. Something's, ha- something's happened. Like he gets a little bit of a, a perk or a bonus. Um, we're about six, seven games in already now. So now we're all our goals are completely different. Um, my wife is having a troubles grasping at the, the 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 core mechanics of the game like how to get her engine kind of going but the game has a really neat um like right now she feels very frustrated like she's not going to be able to compete with us but it has a really cool catch-up mechanic to it whereas if you're like the last pre- if you're like in last place at the beginning of every game you get like super cool bonuses to like okay. help you help you out in in the next game so then like I don't know the last one she actually met her goal and now she's actually catching up to us because she's gotten these extra bonuses and so yeah so we're about i would say without about six or seven games we're just under the halfway point of getting of getting somebody to 70 points now um is everybody satisfied each after each game where you're learning something new and and it's becoming a little bit more of a challenge or are you starting to see it kind of plateau um no uh, the the game is pretty pretty good at um introducing some new gameplay elements some new ways to score in the very beginning it felt very dry as in there was only a few opportunities in order to score points um you score points pretty much only by uh building buildings or um 
progressing up this one little um um track yeah and but but now there's more opportunities to score points and like better opportunities to score points now and all the players and, have a better vocabulary of the game and and what's and everybody everybody's already and everybody's already started developing their own engines nice um like now, I, are I, the I, engines I, unique I, I, like are they each one has a different kind of angle to it or is it fairly scripted as to what you have to do um definitely not scripted like i thought i knew what i was going to be able to do i had a plan and i had to actually change what i was doing um midway through it uh, one of the games and i figured out oh wait if i started doing this oh my my points started increasing more it was like oh i can get points more efficiently if i'm doing this now instead of I, i'm trying to remain spoiler free <laughs> <laughs> this may sound very very this could be any game i'm talking about right now <laughs> yeah yeah but like you said it's it's got this legacy-esque kind of feel to yeah. it yeah, a lot of people compare this game to uh, Charterstone because it's like they're both like um, city building, um, mm-hmm. civil, city building um, legacy type games. Um, this one, the the story, I don't know. The in Charterstone, the story was kind of cool, but kind of took a backseat. This one, I don't know. We're we're not very engaged with the story of of, of Queensdale, but we're really drawn into the gameplay of it. Okay, and and then just that that whole unique thing that's like it's first person to score seventy points, but you you got to make your goal. You got to get to that point where your goal is to score seventy points. All right, which is which is kind of oh, and 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 you get to sticker your dice. You get to upgrade. <laughs> you get to upgrade your dice to make them better. You you had this this kid in a candy store energy when that one popped. I was like, you want that? And you get to manipulate the dice. Oh, you get to change up your dice. You get to spend. You get you collect these things called seals, and then you can spend seals to put new stickers to upgrade your dice. It's, that that's a really kind of cool thing. Now, does that start to develop into uh, you know a, just unique powers for every player? Well, like my dice right now, like I'm really efficient at uh, generating um, generating a, a wood resource. Um, cause part of my engine is that I want to cre- uh, create a bunch of wood so that I can cash it in for points. Okay. So in any, in my perspective, any good design will have a give and take. So you're given this, but what do you, what do you have to give up? Like, what are you weak at now? Well, I'm, I'm weak at generating other resources that would be useful for constructing other types of buildings or taking certain other actions. Okay. So, so, so right now I'm focused generally on just gathering as much wood as possible and churning out points. Okay. And so, and and then a few other things. (laughs) Well, I'm interpreting the fact that, um, I mean, these are all positive things you're saying. I haven't really heard a negative thing. So you guys are, uh, you guys are into this then. Yeah. The negative thing would be that the the, the story takes a backseat. Like there's story elements to the game. Is there potential? There, 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 they did give it a good honest shot. <laughs> that was how how much more Canadian polite can you be? <laughs> how how was, passive aggressive yeah, can I be right now? I, I remember Joe uh, Joe Salen, could the board and the ugly. Um, uh, he used a word to describe my evaluation of it, and he started laughing because I said, "Well, the game was tolerable." <laughs> uh, uh, the, game, the gameplay of Rise of Queensdale is, is, is really really good. Oh, excellent. Well, I'm, I mean, the brands, they're solid as far as like the design goes. 
and and the yeah. repertoire. So yeah, no, I mean, no, yeah, this no game, fault. This there. game generated quite a bit of hype when it was when it was announced and when it was very first released. But I haven't really heard too much about it. I've heard there's been a lot of groups not finish. Okay. Uh, Rise of Queens, just because okay. it takes so many games to get to that point. But well, yeah, that's awesome. I, I, you know what? It's it's coming up to my turn to talk about recently played, and and uh, I kind of did a setup, but I might do a switcheroo here just because uh, um, uh, that we like recently played it, which was like today at lunchtime. I I mentioned Age of Steam, and um, I think I might want to dialogue more when Luke is present because uh, of just the um, the good banter that you're going to hear about the, that game. I, I actually left that game with flesh on my body. So that, <laughs> yeah, because um, uh, on Twitter we had posted that this was like my first kind of big jump into uh, into that 18xx genre. And uh, Andrew Dennison from uh, Good, the Bored, and the Ugly, uh, when we told him that we were using the... Um, uh, cube factory i forget what the i forget what the the taiwan cube factory map his response on twitter was that map is like being thrown into the deep end with starving sharks and you're bleeding <laughs> because oh man all the tiles I'm so, were I'm double so jealous oh man all the tiles were double cost and the board was was populated with like a minimum a modicum of cubes so it was it was like to use Andrew's favorite expression, it was a knife fight in a phone booth, and I forgot to bring my knife. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was so. I mean, it was the first turn, and then you know, after you play a game, you just at least for me, um, my first turn, my first game, I just pull a lever, push a button, right? I just like, okay, let's just get this thing going, and I want to see what happens. Well, talk about a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay, so, yes. Okay, I just promised that I wasn't going to talk about this and I'm talking about this. So I'm going to talk about um, Age of Steam when Luke's around because, oh, this it could be a whole episode. What I want to talk about recently played, if I'm going to be honest about it, is at lunchtime at school in my classroom, uh, my students and I have, uh, uh, um, we've gotten into Flamme Rouge. Oh, yeah. And I've That's got the, game. oh, I've got the expansion, Pellet. I, I, you know, I can't say this word without having the, you know, uh, well, uh, give us the, give us the flair. Peloton. Um, <laughs> our uh, good Canadian uh, Western pellet, Peloton. We, <laughs> peloton? Uh, we're playing with some Peloton expansion, uh, which is uh, five to six players and they give you the cobblestone single lane. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, we were five players today. Um, that game is starting to become one of my favorite race games. So much so that I got rid of Downforce. Yeah, I, I saw that on on our on our local uh, classifieds, uh, a trade 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 show, which is which speaks volumes. <laughs> so there's an app out there that you can get um, for uh, Flamme Rouge, and you can do um, like a like a cycle series. I mean, you could create your own tour of uh, I think it's like minimum of five races all the way up to. Oh man, without looking 14, you pick your tracks, you, it, and it's got this, we haven't done it yet, but the reason I got it is because of what I read in the reviews is that each race, um, after you collect all the fatigue cards, and I mean, I don't want to get into a deep analysis of, of how the whole game works. 
oh, don't worry, I'll get there. Um, <laughs> uh, that uh, the fatigue cards that you get at the end of the race, they some races say um, that you keep half the fatigue that you've gained uh, going into the next race, which Ooh. which to me, may, yeah, like the Tour de France, right? It's like you finish your race, you get to your tent, you eat, you go to bed, you wake up, and then you race, right? So you're going to have... Um, residual fatigue. And I love that idea. Um, I also picked up uh, from Amazing Stories. Thank you, Jeff. Um, uh, the new expansion called Meteo, which is a French word for weather. And there are on the straightaways, you have these, um, these, uh, you know, uh, um, cardboard chits that will have nice weather. And then there's windy, there's um, uh, rain. The, uh, there's four conditions. I can't remember offhand, but the one condition that basically made me just giggle like a maniacal fool is um, when there's wet conditions, like when it's raining, you know, um, and uh, you've played Flam Rouge, right? Mm. You know, when you, you, you play a card and you can pass, you can pass people if they occupy all the spaces, but you can't land on a completely occupied spot you have to go back up and occupy the next closest spot well if you're on a rainy track you're slamming into a group of riders they all fall down <laughs> absolutely and that's makes, amazing yeah so every so you basically run into the back of the pack and the people that you run into or where you land and all the spaces are occupied those bikes fall down, you fall down, anybody coming up behind you that enters this pack falls down. The next turn, you have to waste a car to stand your bike up, and then the next turn you get to proceed. Oh my goodness. We have not played that yet. I am, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm basically, this is their, um, probably their third game playing this, so I've introduced the uphills and the downhills, and uh, so I think that's the next one, is we're going to start putting weather on the track, because um, we've started an unofficial uh, tour, de, uh, tour de classroom, yeah, that's what we're going to call it. Tour, tour de Saskatchewan. Yeah, it'll be yeah. If we're touring, you know, for people who know, Saskatchewan is a, is is the prairies. It's flat. I mean, you could cut your finger on the horizon. It's so flat. Yeah, um, you, want, so, you watch your dog run away for five days. Yeah. So any <laughs> any Flam Rouge track will be just downhill, or just you know, you could play fives the whole the whole game. It's really boring. Um. Yeah. No. This I I'm getting, I'm getting to really understand, the the frugalness of the of the movement value on all these cards because if you waste some some movement uh, you know going into a crowd or now that we have this this you know weather problem um you have to be so oh i i mean the turn like a analyze and create these 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 numerical uh, algorithms with all these other bikes moving around it's sort of like jockeying for position um I've played Flam Rouge um, two-player all the way up to five-player. And each, with the expansion, each version has got its own depth of, of confusion and difficult decisions to make. And when do I break away from the pack? Oh, I, I just love this game. Right on. Yeah, it's a really good game. I've managed to play it with you quite a, a number of times back when you first got it. I don't think I've ever played with the expansion. Yeah. The, and the one thing that I like about it is um, 
like my perceived credibility of it. I mean, my only experience with, with, with cycling is watching it on the Olympics. Right. Um, and you have good announcers explaining, you know, how, how the technique and how the strategies of the game work or of the race work. And, uh, but it, I was re it reinforced the validity of, of this mechanism and how it works so well with this game. When, um, Dave from Friday night games at the, at the stories, uh, his family all cycles. And I asked him, does this represent how, how a race happens? All these little subtle, you know, movements up and down the pack and, and both him and his son just affirmatively nodded their heads going, yes, this is by far the closest representation of a real, you know, cycling race. When you have, when you have your, your roller and your sprinter, mm. you know, your full back and your half back jockeying up and down the pack, trying to get that, you know, pristine yeah. spot to slingshot to the finish. Yeah. And all, and all represented with just cards. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it, it cracks me up that, I mean, the cards themselves are the resources. Once you use them, they're exhausted. They're out, they're out of your hands. So you have to, the hand management of, of this game is so cool because when you need it close to the end, when you want a slingshot and all of a sudden you pull up, you know, three fatigue cards that are twos and then a four, all your bad, you know, all a couple choices in the beginning of the game, you know, are coming back to haunt you this yep. i just i am getting so okay i've had this game for a long time i've played so many games i finally won today i would that's i mean woo, i felt like doing a victory <laughs> lap right um it was my first time i've won this game and um, which goes to show you that it, i i mean even when i tank this game is so much fun just because of all these little cognitive puzzles up and down this race track Oh, right on. Yay. So let's get back on track and start up with some reviews. Ryan, I want to hear about yours because I've had the opportunity to play this and I have not stepped up to the plate. You've never? No. Never? No, I am so embarrassed. Oh, you oh. know what? This is a good opportunity to say, sorry. <laughs> we can't have an episode without it. I'm so sorry for saying sorry. Radio. So my uh, my deep dive review today, I'm, I'm going to kind of go into is uh, I'm going to be talking about Seven Wonders Duel, uh, which is a, a game a game up uh, by Antoine Bauza and and uh, another another really uh, good designer that has a really great pedigree, uh, Bruno Cathala. Yeah, is a co designer on this one as well. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel is kind of like the People will call it the little brother or the little sister, the little sibling of its, of, of, of course, it's, it's bigger, more grander uh, scheme uh, the game Seven Wonders, which is one of the very first games that introduced me to the um, card drafting, the card drafting mechanic. Mm -hmm. um, I, I knew about drafting and how drafting worked um, back in my days of playing like Magic the Gathering and collectible card games when you'd go to a, a draft event. Um, but this was the first um "Quote unquote" board game that actually um, incorporated uh, drafting that I ever that I ever played. Um, I'm not going to get into how Seven Wonders works. You can we can find we could we could do another episode about Seven Wonders in, 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 <laughs> if we really wanted to. Um, but Seven Wonders was one of the again one of those first games that my wife Jen and I uh, purchased, and uh, mainly we played two player games a lot. 
And uh, Seven Wonders does have a, a two-player variant, which it, it works very interesting. Um, we used to play the crap out of the, uh, the two-player variant, and then we just kind of figured out that it's like, you know what, Seven Wonders is, you, you need a group of people. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's meant to play with higher player counts, like four or five plays up to of course seven people who, who would have thought <laughs> what a coincidence um, um but when but, but when it came out um they they decided and announced and they came out with seven wonders duel which was strictly an only a two-player game so kind of saying yeah we recognize that there's a two-player variant to seven wonders it's not the greatest experience so let's create an experience where you can get that seven wonders feel but for only two players, and that—that's what—that's what they gave us. Okay. And so in Seven Wonders Duel, what what you're essentially—I I don't have an overview to read. I'm looking at the instruction manual. <laughs> There's no overview. Well, that's just, all right. I mean, it, 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 it just literally just tells you um, how to play the game. <laughs> this is all. It's all the overview is. And so, uh, what you have in in Seven Wonders Duel is you're going to have a, a tableau of cards that you're going to be drafting from. Uh, you don't have your own hand of cards and you pick one and you pass it to your partner. Rather, there's going to be a, a big display. Um, and in like the first stage, it's like, it's a, it's a pyramid. It's a pyramid shape where some cards are face up and some cards are face down. Oh, so cards, there's hidden information too. Yeah. And all the cards cool. kind of are overlapped a little bit. Okay. Um, like on the bottom, like you can only select cards that are face up. Okay. And so in the first round, all the cards, the bottom row are face up. You can choose any one of them. And as soon as you select um, two adjacent ones that are side by side that overlapping on a card, then the card that's underneath gets flipped face up. Okay. Uh, so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be going back and forth and you're going to be drafting cards. So I'll get into a little bit of the strategy about how you select your cards, but essentially that's all you're going to do. And there's different types of cards like there is in... Uh, Seven Wonders. There's um brown and gray cards, which are your resources. Um, if I have cards that has uh, wood, stone, clay, um, I can use that wood, stone, and clay to um, maybe pay the cost of a future card because cards in later rounds will now have costs associated with them. And if I already own the particular resource, well, then I, I own that resource and I can buy that card. Or otherwise, if I don't have the particular resource, um, I have to pay two dollars. Okay. Um, I don't know what they call the money in this game. I'll just call it two bucks. <laughs> you have you have to pay two dollars for every resource that you don't have. Um, but the interesting that they did with this game though is that, say, I started drafting some wood and some stone, and Jen started um, collecting some clay. Well, now a card comes up and it needs cake clay as the, as the cost. And I don't have clay. Normally what it would cost me is $2 to per clay that I can't buy. But if Jen owns clay, the cost now for me has increased. Ooh. So for every clay that she owns, um, I have to pay an extra dollar. So you can drive up the market on somebody. So, so she, so if she has two clay in front of her, so I have to pay a base of two, Plus one for each. So I would have to pay $4 sometimes if I, if I haven't collected the, enough resources. So that's an interesting thing about, about the back and forth about collecting the resources. Um, there's commerce cards, which are yellow. And the number of those cards that you collect 
um, increase the value of just discarding a card because one of your options could be you just discard a card from the pyramid and you just collect money. Okay. Ba the base amount is you just discard a card, you get $2. But that can increase for however many of these yellow commerce cards you have. If I've collected three yellow commerce cards, well, now I can discard a card and I get $5 because I get an extra $3 per uh, commerce card I have. So that's a quick way to, if you need to generate some money, you're taking away a, a card from your opponent. You're also taking a card away from yourself. But if you need some money, if you're in a jam for some money, and, and of course, in the end, Seven Wonders, money is worth points. Every $3 is worth a point at the end of the game. So could just be a viable strategy there. Cool. Um, other other cards in here are just the, the Civilization cards, which are blue, straight up just worth points. They're just, they, they could just be big point getters for you if you've collected enough of them. Um, then there are the, uh, there's the, uh, the science cards, which are green. And they did the science in Seven Wonders Duel a little bit differently than in uh, Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders, it was just a set collecting thing. Yep. Here it is kind of like a set collecting thing, but there's a whole, there's a much bigger array of science symbols. Um, I think in total, there's seven different symbols that you could collect. And this is one of the end game triggers. If somebody manages to collect six different science symbols in the course of the game, game ends. That person wins. Oh, okay. And we've had many games um, end in science victory where if you're not paying attention, um, that person could manipulate the board and get uh, get get a science victory because they managed to let you uncover the correct science card for them to get the sixth one. So you have to be careful with that. And then there's the red military cards. And there's a, there's a little board at the top of our, uh, at the top of the display is, is the military track. And it kind of, it's kind of like a tug of war type thing. Okay. Whereas the more military points that I collect, I push this little military token closer to my opponent. And if it has one military point on it, I move it one space. If it has three military points on it, I move it three spaces. And if I ever manage to push that military token all the way over to my opponent's side, um, you win. It's another end game trigger. Like moving the military front. Yeah. Consuming your enemy. Cool. I like now, it. Now, if neither of those things happen, uh, the science victory or the military victory, at the end of three ages, at the end of three rounds, um, you just tally up the amount of points you have and you declare the winner that way. Okay. Um, in the third age, there are the, there's the purple cards. They're escaping me what the name is at this, at this time, but the purple cards, and they just kind of give you some extra end game uh, bonus points. Um, whoever has the most red cards um, score one point for every red card that that person has type of type of deal. Cool. Um, other things that you're doing on your turns are at the very beginning of the game, you draft um, the wonders that you're going to construct throughout the course of the game. Um, what you end up doing is that you end up, each person gets four wonders mm -hmm. and they have costs associated. How do you construct them? And only seven of those wonders can be constructed throughout the course of a game. Um, if you're, if you're stuck with, the, if you have the eighth one, 
well, the eighth one can't be constructed. You flip face down, you're never going to score those points or you're never going to get that bonus. Um, what they kind of did here is kind of really cool is that some of these wonders have this little symbol on it that include that, hey, if you build this wonder, you get another turn. Oh, like nice. Immediately. So, so you I've, can cascade some stuff. Cool. Oh, man, I've managed that, that. I've gotten some wonders where I've been like, I construct this wonder, get another turn. I construct this wonder, get another turn. I construct this wonder, get another turn. Oh, if you manage to pull off a combo, something like that, of constructing three wonders, drive your partner nuts. <laughs> drive them insane. Um, other things that I – is there anything else that I have that I have not – oh, there's those little science tokens. Um, goes along with the science cards. If you ever manage to get two of the same symbol, instead of going different, if you get two of the same, um, you get to select one of these little science uh, tokens. And what they have is they have usually some sort of a um, special power that you can generate for the rest of the game, or they can be worth points, or they can be worth money. Um, so if you ever collect two of the same, you can get these little science tokens. And they, they, they're, they're kind of neat. They, they come up every now and then. To, so quite oftentimes, people will get at least one or two of them in the game. Cool. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like an overview of how uh, Seven Wonders Duel works. Um, oh, I guess I should say in the second age, um, the, the layout of the cards is different. It's now like an upside down pyramid. You start with fewer cards revealed, okay. so fewer options. Um, and then the third age has a much more complex um, display of cards. And again, very few options in the very beginning, but opens up the options as they, as they, as they, as they progress. Cool. Um, you, uh, you ready to uh, go on to opinions or do you have a couple things you want to touch on? I think I got no. I, I got yeah. I'm pretty, I'm ready to go on a piece. Pretty I much gave, got me gave, convinced to play this game. <laughs> yeah, and and did seven wonders fashion too. There's some cards that when you draft them, they'll have a little symbol in the top right corner, and so if a card in the future has that symbol on it, you can draft that card for free without oh, yeah. paying its cost. Okay. Um, yeah, and then there's some other bonuses that can come along with can can come along with that. Uh, opinions. So let's uh, let, uh, what do we do? We do our thing outside about, in, uh, outside in, outside so in. Let's talk wonders, about the box. Seven Wonders Duel comes in a nice little compact box. It's very small. Um, will fit on any bookshelf. Re really, it's a very very small game, which which it lends itself to because it's got the they're not the full size cards like in Seven Wonders. Mm -hmm. um, rather, this one has like the, the 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 European like little mini cards. Okay. For it. And so they all fit inside the box, and it has all the little cardboard uh, coins. So it's a very small, compact little box, which is which is which is really nice. It's kind of refreshing. It's kind of like one of those ones where if you have like, your big three ticket to ride size boxes stacked up on a shelf, <laughs> this one slides like nicely beside or on top of the the, the space remaining. Cool, which, which is always kind of nice. Is the artwork reminiscent of like the 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 Big Brother, like he had mentioned? Yeah, I, very very similar artwork to okay. to to our uh, to Seven Wonders. So it really does present itself and give you that Seven Wonders feel in a two player experience. Of course, uh, the rule book is very good. It's a very well laid out, a um, little bit longer than what you probably would have expected for a game of of this. Um, size and caliber but uh, it lays out everything very well like there, there's no question on how anything interacts 
or any special circumstances that may appear in this game. It all lies, lays it out very well how everything runs. Cool. Um, the, the back pages have a nice little um, index of all the different icons. Um, some people always say Seven Wonders. There's all these icons. Um, it lays it out very, very well. It's very, very intuitive. Um, right. No, no, no questions about the uh, uh, of the rule book. The the, the components um, again. There's nice little mini, mini uh, European size mini cards. Very well. Um, after about, <laughs> I don't know how many games of this we've played. We played a ton of these games. Um, you, <laughs> you you may want to invest in some like, little cheap uh, card sleeves after a while because after you're trying to you know get the gotta get try to get your nails underneath the cards to pick them up sometimes everything the the, the, the edges dead, are a little buffed now get they get it like we we've probably played this game oh i don't know i'm gonna say upwards of like 50 plus times since we've owned it and so these these cards are starting to get like showing its wear at, at this point and at the price point of this game i would <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if we have to go out and like buy another copy just to get some new cards at the, yeah. at, the at this stage cool um all right like, so moving on to a uh, game system and game style right so it's seven wonders so you you got me all intrigued about the whole pyramid and the card drafting yeah, yeah. so the are way you happy this, with it yeah so the way this runs differently instead of having a hand of cards and you pick one and you pass one um, i love the open display of that and that's what i'm drafting from um this has a specific name to it and i'll oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I, I, I'll probably do a quick Google search, and I'll do a shout-out at the end of the episode or something. <laughs> um, it's got a special name, but really what you're doing is you're just drafting from this open open uh, market, uh, really, and anything that's face-up. I, I thought that was a really kind of cool because you can plan out, uh, kind of hope, and then it'd be like hoping that your partner does not take um, um, that one card. Yeah. Or, and, and then the, the excruciating um analysis paralysis that can come up of do i take that card or do i take that one? Oh, if i take this one i really really hope that that other card is still available and there's the whole strategy too is you can see only some of the cards that are coming up yeah other ones are face down other ones are face up and you're like oh well oh, that's, that's what i mean spicy that, meatball that hidden information stuff is so juicy and which order do I select cards so that it forces my opponent to eventually take some of these other cards that they don't want so that mm -hmm. I get the card that I want? That is a very delicate balance. Oh, nice. And, nice. Uh, and, and, and Jen, Jen and I are getting very, very good at trying to read each other and forcing each other into certain moves, kind of like chess players do. Cool, because that's uh, going to lead into my favorite part of our, our uh, opinion is like – unique mechanism uh, i don't i don't think it's a unique mechanism but uh the the, the way they implement it is very very well done uh it, it's just such a simple choice of just just take a card like for how many times how many times has jen told me for the love of god just take a card already stop stop planning 10 moves in advance and take one card already so the uniqueness is, is how critical that one simple little choice could be. And, 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 and it could. It, and, then like, and for me, I could probably just be way overthinking. I take a card and she'd be like, you took that card? <laughs> Why? 
And then he gets you, oh, she totally can metagame you in this one. Well, and I'm just going to footnote this whole discussion for everybody with the understanding that your wife usually, like, walks on you. Oh, oh, man. So, uh, (laughs) one second, one second. So I've kept, I've kept every single, I've kept every single, uh, uh, I'm holding it up to the camera because everybody can see this, obviously. Um, All all of our score pads, all of our score pads that we've ever played. And let me see how many times I've actually won. (laughs) All those little noises you can hear people are no, 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 no. No. Okay. No, okay. No. Okay. So, so I've I probably thumbed through probably the first about twelve here, and I have a win on two of them. All right. Said with so. much pride. <laughs> oh man, those those nights would be like, I could I, I could picture what those ones were like. My my wife would just get up from the table like, you have to clean this up by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, man, bring this all together. Does this all connect? It, it sure does. It, it, it's seven wonders. It gives you that seven wonders feel. You're drafting cards. You've got to collect some resources in order to pay for some cards in the future. Um, I, I definitely can. It definitely connects. It's, it's seven wonders as a two player game. This was one of those first games um, that really kind of took this bit like a, like a bigger version and condensed it down into a two player experience. There, there weren't too many other games, I think, at this time that also did that there, there probably are. And other people are going to probably jump all over me and say, yeah, well, there's this one, this one, this one, this one. But yeah, um, I think that's really kind of cool where they can take a bigger game that's meant for a large group of people kind of keep it this in, in the similar vein uh, and create a completely just unique two player experience um, um, for it. Um, other games that are coming out just recently, that are doing this. Um, yeah, we have uh, on 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 Kickstarter. There was uh, the Yokohama Duel. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Caverna has their two-player version. Uh, Agricola, Agricola has their two-player yeah two-player version. There is a, there's also like the La Havre that there's that whole like oh um, that the inland yeah 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 so two, uh, yeah two-player experiences. There was a two-player experience for Catan. There was like Catan Rivals. It was like a it was like a dice-based uh, card drafting game. Okay. So it's not a new experience, um, but this one does it very, there's a reason why there's a lot of people um, recommend this one. If you're looking for a two player experience with you and your spouse, and especially if your spouse is not a gamer, they will, this one can be picked up by, I would say almost anybody. Okay. Uh, the, the, The teach is very quick. If they have experience with Seven Wonders, that's a, that's just a plus. But you do not have to have Seven Wonders experience in order to enjoy this game. Nice. It's well, really different. It's a completely different. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's a drafting game, but it's also it's, it's its own it's its own thing. It's its own entity. Cool. So well, it's good that uh, it can do that. And uh, yes, I'm just kind of thumbing through here to see if, there, if there's anything else that I want to bring up. Um, it does have an expansion. And it adds another big layer of complexity. Um, I don't think we're completely sold on the expansion. Um, I, and a lot of people will know if they follow me on Twitter or anything like that, that I'm Mr. Expansion. If there's an expansion to a game, I'm most likely going to get it. I want everything. I want everything. <laughs> 
I haven't, I haven't noticed that at all, man. I just so this oblivious one, yeah. to it. So this one adds a whole nother complex. I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> it. A lot of people say, oh, it's a must-have expansion. It adds so much more depth. But it adds to uh, another level of complexity that doesn't need to be there. And okay. I, they're, 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 there I've said it. I'm a Mr. Expansion. And this is not one that I'm 100% sold on. That chrome doesn't need to be on the vehicle. It's really cool what it's trying to do. Um, it's not necessary, it, okay. it, in my honest opinion. And um, let, let, let's get into some 50s, fisticuffs on Twitter yeah. about it. I, <laughs> well, I mean, you're kind of transitioning into it, so let's let's drop some conclusions, man. I mean, you've concluded that the expansion isn't really necessary, but let's let's drop some old-fashioned conjecture conclusions to this game. Right on. This one's top shelf. Nice. It's it's it, it, it's uh it's going to stay on the top shelf for a long time. This is a game that my wife and I um still regularly enjoy, and 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 the, and the thing too is it, it's like it's Seven Wonders, um companion. It's a very quick game. You can get something in in like twenty minutes. Cool. What, what, if, if you're not sitting there like me and trying to analyze every <laughs> every single possibility, <laughs> like a game should only be fifteen to twenty minutes. Yeah, asterisk Ryan time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ryan time. You were talking about like a half an hour. Okay. All right. <laughs> so so no, this, this one, this one's top shelf, top quality. You're looking for a two player experience. You you gotta you have to check out Seven Wonders Duel. Have to. Well, I'm Period. gonna take your word on for that one because I I it's it's appealed to me, but it hasn't been one of those games where I just somewhat you know just hey i'm gonna play that but now after listening to this i think uh i think i'm i'm yeah, super this, interested this, in that yeah this this is one depth definitely and if you're a fan of seven wonders and you're looking for something two player you gotta get seven wonders duel you gotta all right well i think it's my turn now and uh it's gonna it's it's back to the farming um i'm gonna talk about a game and the, first of all i'm gonna give a um, little hat tip to, uh, you know, a thank you very much to John Burt for reminding me how cool this game is. We're talking about, you know, some of our go-to favorites. And he it was like, Bonanza, hands down, like Rosenberg's best game. And I mean, I love Lahav, right? Um, so I immediately went, I, I have that game. I haven't played it in such a long time. Uh, you know, just to the point where I kind of forget what the game's about. So I bring this game out, uh, our Wednesday, uh, our Wednesday game group with uh, Bernard and Ken. And, uh, oh man, like right out of the box, I remember, oh, this is so fast to teach. Um, so this is, as I said, this is, uh, we'll get back onto the format. This is uh, Uwe Rosenberg. Um, as far as the artists, the, I think there's 17 credited artists for this game, so I ain't gonna go through that last. Um, and it's well, a what one for each bean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, it's a Rio Grande games, so I hope I said that pr properly. Um, I want to say Grande, but you know, I th I, I've always had Rio Grande. All right. So um, yeah. So here is here is the overview of Bonanza. Each player plants beans in two or three fields and tries to sell them as profitably as possible. When selling beans, a player earns more gold for more beans of the same variety. The goal in the game is to earn the most 
gold planting, harvesting, and selling beans. Without careful planning, players may be forced to harvest and sell their beans before they are ready and at lower prices than they'd hoped. In fact, sometimes a harvest brings no gold at all. That's mm-hmm. my kind of farming right there. <laughs> so um, the mechanisms. This is a this is a hand management set collecting and trading. Now, I've not experienced this level of trading since I I first uh, uh, a while back first you know played Catan. Um, so this mm-hmm. uh, and and since Catan, it was hard to find. It was hard to find a game that uh, that had that kind of level of of uh, straight out, you know, out of ba- I mean, out of balance trading. There's sometimes where we're like, I'll trade you six coffee beans for one. It's like sold, right? Um, crazy, just crazy stuff. And I mean, all the time with the with these selling games, it depends on who you're playing with, right? So. Um, I'm, I'll basically just run us through how the turn works. And, and then after that, it's pretty much rinse and repeat. So on your turn, so everyone's going to get five cards. Now, the cool thing is, is once these cards are dealt out and you pick them up, you can't sort them. And I'll get back oh, to that because that's, that's my, my favorite part. And that's the unique mechanism I want to talk about because it's, I, it's, it just goes against every fiber of my being. Right. So, um, <laughs> You get these cards, you start off with five. There's a huge deck of cards, and basically those are the the seeds for the game, if you want to go with the metaphor. Um, So you start off, you must plant the first card facing you in this lineup of cards in your hand. You must plant that one. You have at the start of the game, depending on the player count, but you have two fields, potentially three. if you're more than three players, then um, you have to purchase this third field for three gold. So you start off with two fields and then you have to generate revenue to open up that third field. But so you must plant the first card and you may plant the second card. You start the game off with with empty fields, so that's not going to be a problem. Now, what happens on the second phase of your turn is you draw two cards to trade. You can keep these cards if you wish, but there's this whole connectivity with what you've planted. If it co- if you can add to your your field, then great. But sometimes it's like I'm I have I have different beans in the field than the trade beans that I've presented to to the uh, the the group of farmers at the table. So once these trade cards come out, you're going back and forth trying to like get rid of these cards or keep these cards or uptrade them or even add cards from your hand to contribute to the trade cards in this in this trade market now once that phase is completed the these cards in the third stage go into a you know um, after trade pile and then you need to plant these um, everybody must plant so if, if uh, it's my turn and i trade you a card you basically wait until that trade phase is done and then you plant um, into your fields um, so on my turn, I must plant these these newly traded or acquired beans, or I might have gotten rid of them and found beans that coincide with the beans in my field. But bottom line, in my trade pile, I have to plant these into my fields. At the end of my now, I, I'll talk about this now. If I can't, if there's no openings, and let's say I have um, two different beans in two different fields, and the 
beans that are in my trade pile are different than those, then I have to harvest something. And on e the bottom of each card, there's what's called a, I just love this, a beanometer. And the um, like every good set collecting game, there's going to be commons, which have a lot of cards. There's going to be um, rares, which have, you know, half the amount or volume of cards as the, the next, you know, the, the, the commons. And then the rares are the ultra rares. Um, so uh, in, in this game, I believe there's a set of ultra rares that there's only four of a certain uh, um, type of bean. There's only six of a certain type of bean all the way to the other end of the spectrum where I think coffee beans, there's 24 different coffee beans. I think it's 24 and it goes down in, uh, in even numbers. So you have to try and plant as many as you can and, and increase this. Like, obviously like all good set collecting games, the more that you can, the more that you can collect when you harvest them, you, the beanometer will give you a, uh, a potential value. Um, the cash out is always one gold coin, two gold coins, three gold coins, or four gold coins. And then of course, the amount of cards or the amount of beans mm -hmm. in that field corresponds to the reward you get on the plant. Now, once I've done planting this, the last phase is I go to this, this, uh, the big deck in the middle of the, of the, uh, of the table. That's our timer as well. So I basically at the, my turn, I take three cards and yeah, there's a lot of people. I mean, I, I understand now that the uniqueness to this mechanism because when you're drawing the cards you don't just take three and then slap them in your hand one at a time you take the card you put it at the back of the row of your seeds in your hand you take the next one put it to the back so that they're sequentially or you know as the cards are coming out they're going into that order in your hands that's important because when it comes back to it's and then from there it's rinse and repeat because when it comes back to your turn you got to start planning for your next turn already of what cards are coming down, down mm -hmm. the, the seed shoot, if you want to call that and start to try to manage your hand that way. Um, we play this a few times at three players. So I have to look at my hand and go, I need to trade these cards before it comes to my turn, because it's going to throw my whole harvest plant out of whack. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. I will literally trade this valuable thing for crap. Oh yeah, just, just so to that I can make my planting work. Get out of my hand because I I won't even be able to harvest this for a single gold, right? Um, so as far yeah, so as far as uh, the timer goes, let's go back to the the deck in the middle. Um, you go the game ends when you go through the deck three times. Now the first yeah the first time you look at that and go man that's a that thing's a huge tower where it's gonna take forever. All of a sudden, you you know, as you're set collecting and you're turning things into gold, these cards get exhausted out of the game, and yeah, it starts start to cut. Milling. Oh, it starts coming down faster and faster. Once you get to that third deck, I mean, the volume of cards is completely reduced, which means that you start you're starting to card count. Going, I might, you know, what this third deck, I might have three turns, and that's it, right? Um, <laughs> pardon me. So how do you win the game? You just basically try and be the most efficient uh, um, uh, a bean farmer and try to get the right crops. Because, you, I mean, you don't want to compete with other people that are going after, you know, the same, the same crop because, you're, I mean, you potentially could. 
Um, but yeah. that's a decision, right? I do I do I try to take the easy route and harvest stuff that no one's going for, or do I go toe to toe and just say, hey, I'm right now we're fighting for this bean card, and and you know I'm going to crush you because I have the better trading strategy. Oh. <laughs> I, I love, I, but I, but I love doing that to people where if I know that they're going for like, oh, I need to get, I'm going to try to get like three, four coins. And I'm just like, um, I'll just plant these ones and just get one coin out of it. I don't really care. Yeah. And they'll be like, why, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, cause I don't want you to get any more cards. Yeah, well, and then <laughs> of course, I mean, what I'm, the more experience I'm getting at this game, the more I'm starting to understand that there is, or there has the ability to have a deep strategy in regards to the, the cards that you retain and change into gold because you're taking once you change a card into into gold you're taking that bean out of the game yeah you're taking those cards out of the game yeah so i mean you start to go and oh okay well like i said the most common coffee bean right all of a sudden oh they cashed in a coffee bean there's one out of the 24 gone all of a sudden you get to the third stack and you're thinking oh coffee beans are common wait it's been harvested about 10 times now so the half those beans are gone oh man i'm this a bad you know bean to chase right now because if you have that level of ability to track those cards so i mean this game can be as fun as you want it and can be as competitive as you want it too so when it comes to uh, us lepage boys <laughs> it could be a bean but you know what drop the gloves it's time to play hockey <laughs> a so a. okay um so that's how you score points. That's how you win. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't even want to get to conclusions yet because I, I'm just bubbling on how excited I am about this game again. So let's go into opinions. Let's go outside in. This is probably the most identifiable box. I could pick this box out from across a con hall. It's got that bright yellow. Um, like like kind of a thank you card box size right the old five by seven looking thing bright yellow box with a psychotic bean just having like a fit on the cover <laughs> um yeah you once you once you see that box cover it's it's fused that image is fused into your head um as far as graphic design goes, and I mean, like, like you had, we jokingly mentioned, there's 17 credited artists. Each person, you know, drew their own bean. Um, if there's that many artists, I think they respected the continuity to the the art theme because it's if, if there are that many different artists, they've all respected the identity of of or the uniqueness of the image of these beans. It's not like I have different art styles. Um, I might be showing my age here when it, when like when I see these 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 beans and and the humor like this the funny sense of humor coming from the art it reminds me of the old Mad Magazine um, artists yeah. that yeah like because this game's 1997 right so um, yeah to me I, I it just had this connectivity to like art that I know from that time and right away I go to the old Mad Magazine stuff and and um there could be a nostalgic connection but I, I that kind of crazy silly art style appeals to this kind of very intellectual sense of no i'm not even going to finish that sentence um so yeah uh components it's cards it's a big 
Big old deck of cards. Big old deck of cards with a whole bunch of, you know, sets of different stuff. And, and I, I, I mean, if you cheap out on cards with a box of cards, then, then you, you know, don't be in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, the cards are great. The cards are fantastic. The art's great on the cards. Uh, the rule book and readability, learning curve references. Um, it's it was written in 97 so i can't approach it from the perspective of where's this graphic layout where's where's this, these elegant you know examples and 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 uh you know what we what we appreciate now from a rule book this this thing i don't think has been updated since it's it's been written and it it teaches the game properly I mean, the layout where we have the information might have, you know, since 1997, as far as, uh, you know, methodology goes in, in designing rule books, it might have changed a bit, but all the information is there, all the answers are there. So, you know, nothing wrong in my opinion. That's right. Yeah. Um, game system and game style. It's, it's a fun hand management set collecting um, trading game. Like, holy man if 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 that table wants to lock you out of a trade you're done <laughs> you just <laughs> you sit back and just throw you know, wave the white flag because um there there could be so much metagaming going on oh yeah. that's where that's where that's where i take over i love i love these games where you could just meta the whole table uh, you do you do your best snake oil salesman pitch to try to get win over. I just want that one more stink bean and oh yeah. Well, I mean, last game we played, um, Ken's son uh, came and uh, both Bernard and I were kind of looking at each other, going, "What? What is this like? Father and son bean growing empire here? Like, <laughs> do we have to go against the corporation?" And uh, so yeah, no, I mean this game the system and the style lend themselves to a fast understanding and and i mean one of those one of those games where it's easy to learn difficult to master right and i, I love the fact that it it, it it or incorporates to so many player counts yeah i think it goes up to like i think the base game itself because don't get me started on how many expansions there are <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think the base just goes up to like I think like eight. I couldn't I, I couldn't understand the chaos of eight. That oh, would we, just so we we we've played a few eight player games and it is just pandemonium. The of back of my head like, would fall off. And you got you got to keep track because there's other people that are like there's people trying to trade beans when it's not their turn. You'd be like, Daddy, stop, stop! You guys can't be you guys can't be working out a deal now. And everything well, it's not your turn. It's not going to be your turn for like five more turns. So, it, it, oh yeah, eight player. It's it's chaos. Oh, it scales so well because there's, there's so many. I think in an eight player game, you use the entire deck. Whereas, ah, like, that's crazy. But and and at like five players, I think there you you just remove certain beans. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you so it you, scales down. You balance it. Yeah, you balance it. And that I mean, that's a good point. It balances great. I mean, you just pull out certain beans and and oh, yeah. and yeah, we played someone, it at four. So some somebody in Germany must have put it into a spreadsheet and figured that out because it works out. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Um, I, let's talk about the unique mechanism. I absolutely adore this idea. Okay, and it goes against every fiber of my being. But this idea of do not sort your hand. They are coming out. You put them into play the way they are presenting into your hand. That 
I don't think I have seen that in any uh, other game except for um, Aeon's End is the only one that's come close because it's a deck builder. But when you when you put your cards into your into your discard pile and then you go to reset it, you don't shuffle the cards. You just flip your deck over and pull oh. from the top. That's the only other game I've ever seen that asks you to respect your draw order of your cards. Yeah, there, there's another. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there's something along the lines if you have your hand of cards, but you can only use or you can only play the ones that are on the ends mm-hmm. of, of your hand or anything. It, it's something along the same lines. Uh, well, I'll think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna now, find it. <laughs> now it's it like like I said, this game was this game came out in '97. This you this mechanism has not like somebody's got to take this and, and and work it into a game because holy moly that that's just w- wicked cool. I think I'm showing my age now. Um, so does this all connect? I, I, I'm not a bean farmer, but holy moly, man, do we have fun? It <laughs> it's just like it's it is what it is. It's entertaining. It's silly. It's fun. Um, it's engaging, it's social. Um, is it the most in-depth, like, is it Lahav? No. I mean, and that's not what it was supposed to be. It, it, it was exactly what it was meant to be. And that is a solid piece of, of game, of entertainment. And for me, at least every time that I sit down playing a board game, I'm sitting down not only for the board game, but for the social connection with the people at the table. And I mean, if you if you get frozen out of the trade, that social situation changes really fast. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, table flipping time. No, I'm just joking. But yeah, to me, it connects in a heartbeat. And this I'm pretty sure you second that. Oh, 100%. And this is also one just kind of link it a little bit to to my review of seven wonders there's a they have two player rules in the bonanza box which are absolutely terrible never well, they played. came out with the duel yeah yeah they came out with bonanza the duel which uh, i don't actually own it or i've never played it but i've seen it and it looks really really cool kind of take that same thing it keeps it as the bonanza game the bean farmer you're trading with your partner um type deal but and but you're trying to meet like recipe orders essentially is what i think it's kind of boils down to uh but it's still bonanza well we'll have to explore that yeah yeah Yeah, cool yeah another great game where the big brother influenced that it needed a maybe a two-player standalone game hey that might be a cool topic show two-player games i got about player games no but i mean inspired by their big brothers right Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I've got some conclusions. And my conclusion is this game, as yours, is sitting on the top shelf. Two top shelves. Two top shelves today. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, as, I mean, physically, it doesn't occupy much space. Um, so it's got like a big bang for its, its, its size. It's, I mean, it's a big old deck of cards that holy moly, do we have fun. Um, the, the game's main point is just like any other game, right? Race to the, you know, who can get the most points or, uh, but for me, a lot of the times my, that's not my main point. My main point is that, that social experience and both ways I win. I, I have so much fun with this game. 
I mean, yeah. we have one of these things in our conclusion list is like evoke a vivid image. I cannot imagine what this chaos would happen with eight LePages playing this game in the same room. It would like, be loud. Just so people understand. <laughs> It'd be deafening. We're a French family, and the French people, um, we're, it's not unique to talk with our hands, but we talk. It's like shadow boxing. So you have eight <laughs> LePages with a mitt full of ha- of seeds, bean seeds, and we're trying to trade. This This will make, like, Wall Street look like a joke, which is chaos man and 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 for and for and for me for the with this game um where seven wonders duel is kind of like our go-to like unique two-player only game bonanza is like our go-to if we have a large if we have a group of like at least six players everything this one's always on the pile of options like it's like top of the pile options of what are we going to play tonight if we've got like six seven eight players well bonanza's got to be there and I don't, I, I don't want to use the term gateway because a lot of times gateway, uh, the hobbyist gamers will stay away from this. I mean, no, someone says, hey, let's play Bonanza. I'm in. Absolutely. Oh, without even yeah. flinching. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Like as a, as a larger group um, game, this one um, sits on the top shelf uh, along with like Cosmic Encounter. They're, they're, I, they get, it, I just it, had it, an idea. I just <laughs> had an idea. I will report back to I will report back to the podcast. Um, eight player bonanza, all the pages, and the coffee maker is working overtime. <laughs> oh, no, there's there's going to be there's going to be some some volume problems for about two hours. You you couldn't even live stream it because no one could understand what was going on. <laughs> Everybody, be like, my my speaker just buzzes and makes noise. No, no, that's all of us yelling over top of each other. <laughs> so yeah, my final conclusion, like I said, this this absolutely sitting on the top shelf. This is pushing things off the top shelf. This thing's got so much want to be there and stay there. So yeah, we I think we we got two nice top shelf games for the for this episode. Oh yeah, definitely. If if. If if you're if you're kind of newer into the hobby, you haven't heard of these games before, definitely go check them out there. I would almost say that these might be staples. Yeah. It, it, in, in, in anybody's game collection. Um, yeah. Bonanza, beautiful, be beautifully designed, very simple. You're looking for that two player experience. Seven Wonders Duel, um, has that in spades. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Same same, piggyback the same thing about about Bonanza. So, yeah. Well, let's let's wrap this up. This was a this was a good talk. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm your host Norm, and I've been Ryan, and we will catch you later. We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. Our Facebook page is Saskatoon Tabletop Games Community, and on Board Game Geek Guild number three zero three nine.